0: Hello, <laughs> folks. Uh, you are once again listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. My name is David Brunel Brutman. And I'm Alex Jensen. And we're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> That's always fun.
1: Yeah, but we hoped you liked that little musical interlude. It always kind of made me dance.
0: I, I was I was grooving a little. So yeah, I saw you. What we are I won't instead, tell anyone, though. Uh, wh- while David uh, Reinstrom goes to fetch Pat Novak, uh, what we are instead <laughs> going to play... Is uh, a an original sketch called Ship of Science? Woo! Uh, basically, we we said to ourselves one day, "What if a whole bunch of famous scientists were on a ship, and they were pirates?"
1: These are the questions that we ask ourselves here yes. on the K Word Theater the, of the these Air. These <laughs> are the
0: kind of pr- provocative questions that we're known for here on Theater of the Air. Right. So, uh, and we seek to answer them. We do with extreme prejudice. So so enjoy! <laughs> here is the result of that what-if. Ship of Science.
2: Ah, what a fine day for a sail. Wouldn't you agree, first mate Isaac Newton, the sun be out, the sky be clear, the black proton
3: sails look to be trim and true today? I would indeed agree, Captain Benjamin Franklin, sir. The only thing that could possibly make it better would be some wind. We've been in these doldrums for days.
4: Oh, there, Papa.
3: Aye, Pythagoras.
5: Something just bobbed up against the port bow. Looks like a bottle.
3: Captain, that could very well be an important plot device. I say we fish it
2: out. Ah, a wise idea. Scoop it up and bring it to me, Pythagoras, you son of a lab rat.
3: Aye, Captain.
2: Gather round, messmates. Pythagoras has found something.
6: Ah,
2: looks to be a brown glass bottle of some kind.
1: Perhaps it is a reagent bottle, no?
2: Dar, perhaps it be, Mary Curie, me bonnie lass. What does the label say, Captain? Why, it reads CaCO3, calcium carbonate by the looks of it. But looky here, me artis. Tis an elaborate piratical ruse. The label comes off to reveal... Yahar! Tis a treasure map. How very cunningly disguised. Let me just extract the map. Yar, hellfire and damnation! Tis written in binary! Someone call up Stephen Hawking from the galley!
7: You rang, Captain?
2: Aye, cabin boy Stephen Hawking. We'll be needing your computerized brains to make sense of this here treasure map.
7: I was training black holes to fight one another in the galley, but I guess it can wait. Let me take a look at that map.
2: Are you quite done yet?
6: No.
1: Well, Stephen Ocking, what does it say?
7: It says that this map will take us to the fabled treasure realm. The theory of everything. The theory
3: of everything? It can't be.
1: I have read about it in books and stories, but I never knew it to be
3: factual. Well now, well now, well now, what's all this commotion in hullabaloo?
1: We have found a treasure map, Charles Darwin. Ah,
3: sure did it seem, Miss Mary Curie. If I may say so, how radiant you look today. Eh?
1: That's radium.
3: Ah, forgive my misspeak, but whatever it is, it makes you positively cl-
1: Oh, you chowna. Ah, but, Captain, do you really think
2: we can find this. this treasure? Think! I know it, you son of a bilge beagle! This be the finest crew of scientists that ever sailed the Seven Seas! Gentlemen, lady, let's set a course for treasure!
8: Yeah! Hooray! Look, Captain, the
2: wind's picking up. Onward, everyone! Onward, just science.
3: First mate, Captain log July the two point three times ten to the first. It has been two weeks since we began our search for the theory of everything, and it looks like we may be getting closer. Soon, I think. <laughs> I mean, ah, uh, we're under attack. I'd better get above decks. What's going on, Captain Franklin?
2: Why, it looks like we've had a warning shot fired across our bow. Who is it, sir? Nyar, yeah, it is Noah's bark. Those pesky theologians are after the treasure too, I'll wager. Helmsman journey, bring us about for a broadside.
1: Aye, aye, mon capitaine.
2: I must speak with the gunners. Da Vinci, Einstein, are we prepared for combat? Ah, my lieber, we are, sir. Our newest weapon, the Heisenberg cannon. He's loaded, ready to fire. Dear yeah, Heisenberg Cannon, how do it be working? Then you can know where the cannonball is in the air, or you can know its velocity, but you can't know both at the same time. Yes, and
1: if you look at the cannonball in flight, it changes directly.
2: Da Vinci, that doesn't sound like a good weapon at all.
1: Yes, but I look at the filigree I inscribed on the bell. Huh.
2: Well, that do look quite appealing. Very well. Fire the cannon! And nobody look out. Well, it sounds like we missed. Everyone open your eyes.
1: The other sheep. She is coming alongside
2: us. Never fear, crew. I'll deal with those religious ruffians. Avast, ye theological thugs. What be ye wanting? We want the map, Benjamin Franklin. And if you shouldn't want trouble, you'll give it to us, easily. Ha! Slim chance of that, Noah. We'll never give you the map.
1: Really? I, I feel in time you'll come around to the most logical solution. Ye stay out of this,
2: Thomas and Titus. No matter what ye say, we shan't give you the map. If you won't give us the map nicely, we'll be forced to destroy you. And ye, Caliph Harun al-Rashid, I'm afraid I'm not seeing any appeal in your phraseology. Open fire! And then run away. Activate the lightning turbine! We've got to outmaneuver them! What an excellent idea, Captain Franklin, to have constructed a secondary propulsion system that runs on lightning. Why, thank you, First Mate Isaac Newton. All sails, lads! Let's leave them behind and head for the treasure! <coughs>
3: Very well, it would appear, sir, that Noah's bark is far behind us. We are well out of view.
1: And look, there's the island on the map. Let's go ashore and find that treasure.
2: Now, the map says we have to walk 30 paces through the copse of broken palm trees, then another 12 paces over the burbling stream of Lye, then 14 paces up the flaming slag pits, and then we just dig it up. Sounds easy, left captain alley as they say. Yar, that wasn't so bad. Did we lose anyone? No, sir, if you don't count L. Ron Hubbard, but he's not really a scientist. By the powers, lad, that's hardly a loss at all. Let's dig up the treasure. It looks as though this X marks the spot. I'm not sure if it does, Captain. What do you mean, Pythagoras? I think we need to solve for X marks the spot. I should
3: have you keel told for that, Pythagoras. He's right, though, Captain. If we triangulate from this position, it becomes obvious that the treasure is actually buried over there, where it would appear that Theta actually marks the spot. Right. Well, let's dig it up anyway, me hearties.
2: Excellent work, my proud beauties. Buy me coonskin cap, I've never seen such a huge treasure chest. Let's open it up, then.
1: <gasps>
2: Sacre coeur,
1: It is empty!
4: That sucks, but...
2: Hold, messmates! There's some kind of message pinned to the inside of the chest. It reads, If you've found this note, then it means you've found the treasure of the theory of everything. Where is the treasure, you ask? Why, it's been inside you all along. So which one of us do we cut open? I say we draw straws. Oh wait, you blackguards! I think the note is
1: metaphorical.
2: It means your spirit. Well, uh, can we
3: cut open someone's spirit?
1: No, Aquinas uh, was on the other boat. Well, this is hella lame. I agree. Let's go invent the internet instead. Yeah!
8: Yeah!
1: That was action-packed.
0: That was action-packed. You're listening to the K-Word Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. My name is David Brunel-Brutman.
1: I'm still Alex Jensen.
0: And we are awesome.
1: And I have a little message for you, so pay close attention. Get your smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Causes include careless smoking, unsupervised burning of debris, and unattended campfires. A public service message brought to you by Smokey the Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ed Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires.
0: Thank you very much, Alex. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with some more exciting original radio theater.
2: Yeah! Yeah!
9: Toss of remains of what was thought but unsaid All the calcified arithmetists were doing the math And it would take a calculated blow to the head To light the eyes of all the harmless sociopaths Oh, on and on, we are the harmless sociopaths Oh, on and on, with all the harmless sociopaths Calcium your Mons, you're buried deep in your chest Calcium oh, your Mons, you're buried deep in your chest Ooh, you're deep in mind. Ooh, see your mind Ooh, calcium oh, oh. well, Let's get out of here past the atmosphere squint your eyes and no one dies or goes to jail past the silver bridge oh the silver bridge where nothing but a onesie and a veil
0: Hey there, folks.
1: Hi. Hi. Buddy. Hey, David's back. Yeah, how's David it going? David is back. Hey, Ooh. David.
3: That was a fun sprint. I have I have Pat Novak. Okay.
8: Oh,
0: good. <laughs> so we will be able to listen to that uh, later in the program. You are once again listening to KWR Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 Ooh. FM Clayton. Good uh, You can also listen online at www.kwur.com. As, Teacher, may
3: I be excused? I'd like to go off into the next room and have a heart attack. Uh,
0: Yes. Okay, thanks. You, But uh, please fill out a note. Oh. <laughs> hall uh, pass.
1: Need a hall pass. You're
0: going to need a heart attack pass. A
1: heart attack pass.
0: <gasps> That's the worst I- I like the idea of you know you know your teacher just has a bunch of slips like in elementary <laughs> school you know there were a bunch of slips that mm-hmm. your teacher had for different situations like absence yeah hall pass heart attack you just she just opens up her drawer I like it shroomk, and there's the heart attack slip
1: hello. Hopefully, children won't be having heart attacks anytime soon. I hope we're not to that point yet.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, ah, uh, heart attacks. Only the fat ones.
1: <laughs> heart attacks are very serious, listeners. Even yeah. though we're joking.
0: Yes. You no, know. David, don't be a butt.
9: I, I am being a
0: butt. <laughs> I'm being a horrible, insensitive person. It sucks, and butt. I you do suck, not butt, David. <laughs> yeah, you know, that sounds uh, offensive <clears throat> to butts.
8: But
3: vaguely, vaguely familiar as something that the great Stephen Hawking might say. Yeah. I was quoting the great Stephen Hawking. Actually.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, so next up, we have for you a another classic original sketch. This is one of my favorites. Uh, it is legendary Squink Adventures, and oh, yes, it is a video game for the radio. So here comes Legendary Squink Adventures. I like it. Enjoy.
2: Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2, Sailor Opportunity. Press start to begin.
1: Wow, I can't believe we defeated the Monkey Ninja Super Boss in the Moravian Mines. Thanks for your help, Puffu.
5: No worries, Squink. I couldn't have done it without you.
1: Oh, Puffu, you're the best puffer fish sprite ever!
5: Well, you're the best boy companion adventurer ever! So where are we going now? As soon as we get off this boat, we'll have landed at the port of Pirate Lagoon Town!
1: Well, great! I bet they have all of the crystal shards there! If we bring them all together...
5: We can summon the Magic Dragon Genie! It's true! And then we can ask the Magic Dragon Genie about the location of the other 37 crystal shards of the other glass dragon, and when we bring those together... We'll be on our way to saving the first of the twelve princesses! Right you are, Squink! But don't forget about all those sailor opportunities! Right.
1: Before we go, I have to charge up my power bar so I can use the magical sword of Wong.
5: And the only way to do that is to take advantage of sailor opportunities. You're right,
1: Puffu. Now let's go. I can see Pirate Lagoon Town straight up ahead.
5: Look, a piratey citizen.
1: Let's talk to him.
5: Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town.
3: I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here.
1: Oh, well maybe he can help
3: us. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Um... doesn't look like it. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Hey,
1: I didn't even press A. Let's go, Puffu. I see a whole bunch of other town citizens that we can walk around talking to to gather information about the whereabouts of all the crystal shards. That sounds like a
5: great idea. Let's go.
3: Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor Hello, and welcome to my potion shop. Would you like to... Buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or
1: quit. Oh, Pafu, this is a perfect opportunity to buy some potions for our journey. I agree. My power bar is running kind of low.
3: Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit?
1: Yes, please. I'd like to buy that life up potion.
3: That'll be 75 pirate pennies.
1: Oh, no. We don't have any pirate pennies. Shucks. Looks like we gotta go look
5: for some pirate pennies. Looks like... I figure we can just break some barrels or something. I mean, that always worked for us before.
1: You're right. There's a barrel.
5: I'll jump on it.
1: Uh, I'm a barrel.
5: Squink, you're gonna have to fight it. Combat mode. Good thing I have my
1: archer arrow.
5: Barrels are immune to arrows.
1: Everyone
2: knows that. Run. Ah. You have been
5: defeated by barrels. Oh, no. Our hit points are so low. Don't worry, I have an idea. Do you still have some cheesecake in your knapsack? Yeah, I think I do. Barrels love cheesecake. Would you like some cheesecake,
1: Barrel? I would love some cheesecake. I knew you would. Here. Barrel, Barrel. Barrel, Barrel. Where
5: else Barrel, Barrel?
1: Looks like he's sleeping. Let's get barrel. out of here. But first, we'll take his pirate
5: barrel, pennies.
1: Barrel got him! Let's get out of here, puffer.
3: Right! Hello, and welcome to my potion shop! Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit?
1: We'd like to buy... a green potion!
3: That'll be 75 pirate pennies!
1: Here you go! Great!
2: Help me! Help me! Help me! It's an
5: elderly man. And there's an exclamation point above his head.
1: We should talk to him. I agree. I need some help. What can we do for you, Mr. Old Man? You kids gotta help me.
2: It's the pig samurai pirates. They've taken over my cheese factory. You'll find my cheese factory at the northeast edge of town. You've gotta fight those pig samurai and liberate it. If you help me out, I'll give you one crystal
5: shard. Oh right! Squink! Those are the crystal shards we need in case you didn't remember!
1: I remember! We have to put them all together... And eventually... save all twelve princesses! Let's go now! Remember! Pigs! Samurai! gee. What'd he say? I think he said- I said, gee.
5: Look! There's the factory up that road! Ew, look! There's brown smoke coming out of the chimney stacks! And
1: it smells like socks! The pig samurai pirates must have tainted all of the cheese! We gotta find the key to unlock those giant metal doors!
5: I bet it's in a box somewhere inside a maze guarded by a dragon covered in straw set on fire and coated with kerosene and maybe in a box of jelly beans on top of a big old pile of bubble wrap!
1: Oh there it is! It was under this rock all along! Let's go! It's a pig samurai
5: pirate. He said, what are you doing here, boy adventurer? He says, I've taken over this cheese factory in order to feed my men. He says, we must engage him in combat now. Combat move. Archer, sword, magical crystal beam.
1: Hit him once! Just two more times! Kamehameha Whoa. I got him again! One more time! You have injured him severely! Miss! Huh.
4: Uh.
2: <laughs> he turned into smoke! You have defeated Pig Samurai Master! Yeah!
1: Look! There's a crystal shard shining above his head!
2: You got Crystal Shard!
1: Alright! Yo! Let's head back to town and save the game, Pafu! Good idea! I got some great sailor opportunities in this level!
2: Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2, Sailor Opportunity.
8: I agree. is
1: that the finest music ever? <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the k War Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton, 90.3 FM.
6: You can listen online at www.kwur.com.
0: That's true. And now we're going to take a break.
6: What have I done? I'm on the run. of California. I kissed you goodbye with a tear in my eye. I packed up my truck and I went for a drive. These white yellow lines, these angel-filled skies The road might be long, but it's my road tonight It's a Lennon Cohen song, a Buddha or a monk You can be anything you want I'm an Italian Catholic punk and I'm on my way
0: Hi, everybody.
8: Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. you
5: Go
0: messed ahead. me up. Three, two, one. Holy balls, it's K worth Theater of the Air. <sighs> well, how I was wanted that for you, be- David? How was that for you? Disappointing.
1: Really? Okay, well, we'll try it again next time we come back from something. It's, it's
0: gotta be bam. You gotta
3: be back.
1: Right. Holy balls, it's K, like that. I jumped the gun a little bit. Did, sorry, well, i was going did,
3: did you tell the listeners that this is a two hour long show now? This is a two-hour-long show now. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> Happy
0: birthday! <laughs> no, we did not.
3: Guess what, President Obama got you, America, another hour of KWUR's Theater of the Air.
0: Yes, indeed. So, are you glad that you voted
1: for him? And because, he, because he wrapped you it pretty. Be.
0: He wrapped it pretty, and now here it is, coming through your speakers, it's, like it's a honey. It's
3: or or like, like payday. Like a stimulus package.
0: Uh, like cocaine?
3: No. Like the oh sorry that's a that stimulant
0: just, yeah that is yes. package I, got, <laughs> I always get confused yeah. I, I too
3: always I always confuse federal money with norepinephrine
0: yeah it's an, it's a surprisingly easy mistake to make
3: well that's just because so many. US congressmen do coke you heard it here first ladies Off and of, gentlemen lots wow. of
0: guys in airport bathrooms
3: yes. oh. Oh. so uh, at you the, know what I haven't heard in the longest time?
0: What haven't you heard in the longest time? Buh? buh. You mean you haven't
3: done
1: it in the longest time? Well, that. Yeah,
3: but I remember, think that's what you mean. That was, that was like our sound. Yeah. It was. It was our sound. Two years ago. That yeah. was that was Way the back official when. Newsworthy Ghost Island sound of surprise and alarm. It
8: was a <gasps> buh.
1: <laughs> wow. We that's, haven't lost our touch, that's nice for silence. sure. Certainly not. Thanks. Stop touching me. So, Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to call in. With your rendition of, <laughs> of the, the noise, noise that we just did. Calm. Yes, certainly. 314-935. Uh, let me say that
3: again. 314-935-KWUR. That's 314-935-5987. Give us a call. We would love to hear your here's beautiful that, here, voices. Here's
1: that um, that. sound again. It's...
0: So if you want to be on the radio... On the radios. Sounding oh! Stupid, uh, here, we, we have a caller. What have we wrought? Caller, you're on the air. Please be clean. <laughs> thank hey, you very much, good. caller. Pretty
3: good. Very yeah, yeah, good. Is, this is Kevin. Tell David Reinstrom I say hi. Hey, Kev.
0: All right, what's up?
3: Welcome. Thanks Yo. for listening. <laughs> I'm, nice. I'm going to sound again now, just in case. Okay. You know? on okay. Three. One, two, three. I'll say it with you. One, two, three. Very nice. Excellent. Thank you. Godspeed, Kev. Thank you
0: very much, sir. Thanks thank
3: for listening. You.
0: Okay, so that at the was beginning great. of the show, uh, David. Yes. you were telling us about some exciting classic oh, yes. radio theater.
3: Before I ran home. Yes. Like a fool. And
0: now I believe we should play that.
3: My my manful limbs pounding the pavement like a gazelle <laughs> upon the Serengeti.
0: That's beautiful. That
1: Thank is beautiful. you. I'm going to clap again.
3: Anyway, Pat Novak, really cool, really really hard-bitten, um, very classic noir. I get the feeling that you will get an, like, Alex hasn't heard this, she will get a huge kick out of it. Oh,
0: yay. yeah. Yeah, right. the, the intro speaks for itself, I believe. So, uh, without further ado... Mm-hmm. Go for it. Let's go for Pat Novak.
3: Well, his name Officially, <laughs> it's Pat Novak for Hire.
0: Yes, what's, what's the name of this episode of Pat Novak, David?
3: Is this the earlier one? Maybe, yes. Then it's probably John Brown's gambling ring.
0: Pat cool. Novak for Hire in... John Brown's Gambling Ring. The American
10: Broadcasting Company presents Pat Novak for Hire. Sure, I'm Pat Novak for Hire. I got a couple of boats down on Pier 19 on the San Francisco waterfront. Sometimes I rent them out, but I found out it's easy to keep my budget healthy by risking my health in other ways. So I work around doing our jobs. You can take that any way you like. But the best you can say for it is that it beats big, and at least you don't always limp. If your luck's in, you can keep a half lap ahead of the bill collectors if you don't let it go to your head. I did once... I helped a guy who owned seven hotels convince a blonde in San Rafael that her memory wasn't that good after all. The payoff was too rich for my blood. I got the idea that with that kind of money, I could take over the gambling joints up around Lake Tahoe. It took him three days to show me I was wrong. I'd work my way down from the gold-plated joints to a place called the Broken T, where they still recognized a dollar as currency. I was beginning to figure how long it'd take me to walk back to the bay when the help came along. He was a little guy with a pair of eyes I wouldn't trust with anything I wanted again. The kind of quiet, dark clothes that'd
11: make it easy to get lost in an alley. He knew me. Well, Novak, you're not doing so hot, are you? I eat. You want to make a quick buck? There must be a reason. Tell me that first. I'm hot. I shook the wheels down for a flock of dough.
10: You call that trouble?
11: Not yet. But I'd like to look ahead. How do I know these guys like it that I got all their money? If it hurts you, give it back. They'll take it. I got a better idea. I want to take it down to San Francisco.
10: Look, Crocker owns the Southern Pacific. If you've got an urge to travel, talk to him. If you've got a proposition,
11: spread it out. I'm driving down. It's a lonely road. I want you to go along as a bodyguard. If these
10: guys are out to hijack your role, two of us won't stop them any more than one. They come in bunches when they want to.
11: Do you want the job, or are you going to talk me out of it?
10: I'll ride down with you for 200 bucks.
11: You charge a lot for a ride. You said it's risky, remember? Okay, here's 50. You get the rest in San Francisco. i see you outside for five minutes. My name's Brown. I'll be waiting in my car. Brown, huh? Yeah, Brown. John Brown. Want to make something of it?
10: How can you? He was a quiet guy. We drove along for a couple of hours and you could have repeated all he said on one deep breath. I kept watching the cars along the road waiting for the muscle boys to show up, but nothing happened. Pretty soon I got the feeling that they weren't after him at all. I guess he'd seen too many movies. I finished off a pack of cigarettes as we got down out of the mountains and got him to stop at a roadside joint for reloads. He wouldn't leave the car, so I was all alone when the girl came up to me at the bar.
8: You going down to
12: San Francisco?
10: Uh, something like that.
12: You got room for me.
10: How far are you going?
12: That depends on who I'm with.
10: You might be handy at that. The car's without a heater. But I don't have the owners.
12: So you'll keep one hand on the wheel.
10: So you better ask the guy who does. He's sitting out in the car.
12: Why don't he come in?
10: Don't build him up so fast. I got a car, too.
13: Where'd you get it? Steal it?
10: You selling medical insurance, maybe? Why? You're going to need it if you keep elbowing into my face.
13: Speaking of elbows, what do you mean trying to muscle in my dame? Uh, you two together? Yeah. Why?
14: That's what I've been wondering. Why? So long, sucker.
13: What do you make of that?
10: I'd say you're out. You don't have to slide.
13: You are to blame for this.
10: Yeah. And tomorrow I'm gonna make it rain.
13: I can start a storm right now.
10: Go right ahead. You got the wind.
8: Boy, well, it
13: You cooled a nice stranger. What started that?
10: Bad habits. Yeah? Uh-huh. Too many cigarettes. <laughs> I guess I didn't have to hit the guy, but I was all geed up over the ride. I had to take it out on somebody. Outside, the air was cold and clear. A river made soothing noises in the darkness. I figured it would be an easy night from then on in, but Brown was having the fidgets.
11: Come on, Novak, let's get going.
10: Where's the dame? What dame? One came out here, a hitchhiker, wanted to ride to town.
11: I didn't see any dame. Come on, let's go. That's queer. What's queer? Let's go, let's go. Suddenly
10: you're nervous. What's the matter?
11: When I need a doctor, Novak, I know where to find one.
10: Yeah? Can you find one who shakes synchronized with yours? Otherwise he's going to have a tough time with your pulse. From there on into town, John Brown didn't say a word. When we came across the Bay Bridge, he stopped in the terminal and made a phone call. Then we drove up to his place, a big corner apartment house up near the Civic Center. He told me to wait in the car while he went in to put away the money. I sat and smoked cigarettes and watched the dawn begin to light up the long, empty streets. I must have been there half an hour before anything happened. then it all began to happen at once, starting with Hellman. A homicide detective with a grudge against the world that he takes out on me. I hope I didn't keep you waiting, Novak. what got you out of bed, Helvin? Can't be insomnia. That takes conscience. You'd be the sort to know about that. Mind if I look the car over? Uh, Why not? I didn't steal this one. I prefer a roadster. John Brown, huh? Now, there's a name. Where have I heard that before? That's a foreign name. Polish, I think. That's not where I heard it. It was broadcast in connection with a stolen car. Uh -uh. Try again. The keys, see? So maybe he was careless and left his keys in his car. Yeah, maybe I'm whimsical and changed my name to Brown. Go on, Helmut. You can't pin anything on me. No. Give me the keys. Yeah, what for? I'm looking in the trunk. We got a tip. Not on this crate. I just got in from Tahoe. Nobody knows we're here. Sure, sure. And if you aren't here, I guess there's nothing in the trunk either. i What'd you find? A body... A girl's body. I'm not intruding, am I? Not on me. You better get Brown. He's in the apartment there. Sure. But won't you be lonely? Look, Brown hired me to ride down from Tahoe with him. He cleaned up at the tables and wanted protection for his role. It's his car and his girl. Let's get him. All right, come on. Oh, Brown listed. Nervous. Upset. Maybe you need a rest. Framed. Sure, somebody else did it. Shame on them. Come on, Novak. The girl was a pickup, a hitchhiker. Why should he kill her? I got a better question for you. Where can I get a lawyer? I saw a purse with the body. Let's look it over. Don't tell me you didn't rob her, too. The purse didn't turn up much. Some keys, a little mad money, makeup stuff. A letter to Alice Stone with an address out in the Potrero district. The letter was no good, just a guy trying to patch up a split. By the hunch that Brown must have known Alice. That was the only way the killing made sense. I needed to get some dope on Brown. I needed to know about Alice. Hellman took Brown's address off the registration card, and I couldn't see whether that had helped me any. No one had seen us together all the way down from Tahoe. Even if Brown were picked up, he could swear he'd never seen me before. The car listed as stolen, he was a cinch to prove it. You know, I needed help bad. So I started looking for my old friend Jocko Madigan, an ex doctor turned boozer who had more connections around town than the water department. I ran him down in a trap on Ellis Street trying to hold back the recession in liquor sales.
15: Hello, Patsy, my boy. Join me. This is the first one today. Look, I'm in trouble, Jocko. You're in trouble. Think how I feel. Yeah, what's the matter, sick? No, just worried. I was reading in the paper here that the good ship Clyde Harris went down off the New England coast l- uh, last night with 10,000 cases of scotch on board. Yeah, there's some left. Listen, Jocko, I'm in a jam. When did that become news?
10: I was up at Tahoe and a guy hired me to drive him down here. He didn't know you. It turns out the car is stolen. There's a body in it. And the guy's disappeared. Well, I don't blame him. The body belonged to a girl named Alice Stone at this address.
15: Ten thousand cases of scotch. Can you imagine that?
10: And the way I figure it, the girl must have known the killer. I'm not very sure that John Brown, who claims his car was stolen, is innocent either. It's mighty strange that he left the car keys lying around. What would you want me to do? Get on the grapevine. Find out if this John Brown is tied up in the rackets. The same for Alice Stone. Find out if they ran around with each other. Whatever you can about them.
15: All right, Patsy, but you'll have to wait. I've got to catch up on my drinking first.
10: Can't you lay off this stuff for a little while?
15: Are you telling me how to live my life again? You who consort with murderers, car thieves, and women of dubious ways? Push the bottle over here.
10: Look, Jocko, see if you can put the finger on a neat little guy with a pair of con man's eyes. Black hair, toy mustache, and dresses like Dapper Dan.
15: About 150 pounds. I imagine you trying to tell me how to live. You who've got more bad habits than a dope fiends convention. My guy goes for dark expensive clothes. He doesn't talk much unless he has to. Yeah, when I drink I get the hangover. All you have to do is breathe regularly and troubles all over town. If you had any social conscience you'd go somewhere and hang yourself. I can't understand how I tolerate having you around. Will you get a line on the guy for me. From the way you described him, it ought to be a laydown cinch. There's only about ten thousand men in town who'd fit that description. Will a hundred or so of them be enough? I want one. It's a long gamble. But try, will you, Taco? Imagine that with the ocean full of ships hauling guano, bones, cattle, oil, lumber, pineapples, sugar, old newspapers, and gunny sacks, the one boat that has to sink. Will you get it? on it? Oh, there's no hurry. It's only you at stake. So long, lover. <laughs>
10: I grabbed some breakfast, picked up a cab, and went out to the address of Alice Stone. It matched a wooden house that looked two years older in Utah that was trying to lie about it with a new plaster front and a fresh set of doorknobs. It looked like it had been built by an amateur who read the blueprints upside down. A dame answered the door. She was about tie-pin high to a six-footer, and she had red hair, the heavy, wavy kind that made you think she must be healthy. That wasn't hard to do anyway. The way she filled out her morning coat didn't leave much to worry about, except the seams. She could talk, too.
12: Mm-hmm. Neighborhood's improving.
10: You know Alice Stone?
12: Sure, she lives here. I might have known she'd see you first. Uh, who are you? My name's Skip Harper, and uh, Alice isn't home. What can you do with that?
10: How do you know I want to? Maybe I'm a salesman.
12: Well, look, mister, you aren't fooling anybody. You look about as much like a salesman as I do a decoy duck. Now, uh, what do you want with Alice, or, uh, do you have to be particular?
10: I can't use her. She's dead.
12: A salesman. With five o'clock shadow at ten... Do you say dead?
10: Yeah. They found her in a car downtown this morning. You're a cop. Yeah, you're wrong. Why should it worry you? What do you mean? Do you know who did it?
12: I don't know anything. I just don't like jams. Tell me how it happened.
10: We were coming down from Tahoe. She was in a roadside hamburger trap. She asked me for a ride, and I sent her out to talk to a guy who owns the car. The next time I saw her, she was tucked away in the trunk.
12: Why'd a guy kill her just like that?
10: That's what I'm after. Maybe he just didn't like James. There's probably a better reason.
12: You think maybe he knew her?
10: Yeah. That's where you can earn a gold star. Did you know anybody by the name of John Brown?
12: Describe him.
10: He was playing the wheel at the Broken Tee up near Tahoe. Smooth little guy, about two sizes over a jockey. Wax mustache, a pair of eyes you could use to freeze fish.
12: Mm, so that one. All right, I know him.
10: Give me an introduction.
12: His name's Brown, all right. I didn't know his first name before. He's a small-time hustler around town. Used to take Alice out now and then, when he felt like tearing up a nightclub. Cops arrest him yet?
10: Hellman, the homicide dick, is knocking on his door about now. I don't expect him to be home.
12: No, he won't be. He has hideout.
10: Name some of them. Uh-uh. I'm afraid to. He can't hurt you. He's too busy playing cops and robbers.
12: You don't know Brown.
10: I gotta get to know him. Give.
12: I don't want to get mixed up in anything. Neither
10: do I, but I am. I need Brown.
12: Why don't you forget Brown?
10: I'd be bad manners.
12: What's wrong with bad manners? I know some that are fun.
10: Yeah, you would.
12: More fun than Brown will ever show you.
10: You keep, he won't.
12: Come here. Will this keep your know thing?
10: You have a nice way of changing the subject. But still, where's Brown's hideout?
12: I won't tell you. He'll kill me.
10: Yeah, that's a gamble. I'm on the spot, and that's a fact. Talk to me. I hate men. Oh, never mind your hobby. Give me Brown.
12: I hate you, you big, ugly, muscle-bound. Brown. You're hurting me.
10: Make me stop. Tell me where
12: Brown is. All right. There's a hideout, a little shack out near the beach. All right, narrow it down. Let go, I'm telling you. Well, I hope it's the last thing you hear. <laughs>
10: Skip's place out to the beach wasn't much of a drive. I went up and over Twin Peaks watching the city and the bay spread out beneath the road like a giant map. The sun was working for the Chamber of Commerce that day and the whole region was... Every backyard was full of clothes blowing in the wind. As the highway neared the beach, it began to turn up bunches of kids on their way to cash in on the weather. John Brown's Hideaway was one of those old pioneer shacks built out near the ocean in the old days by guys who wanted to get away from it all. It was painted a weather-beaten brown, tilted a little on one side, and it looked like something that had been washed ashore in a bad storm a long while ago. I knocked on the door, but all that bought me was echoes, so I made a door out of one of the side windows. The inside of the place looked like something out of a hobo jungle. None of the furniture matched. The best piece in sight would have made a junk man sneer. There was a broken-down setup for poker and a tired double bed, and after that you were practically on your own. The kitchen didn't turn up anything but a flock of ants and some empty bottles. I began to get the feeling Brown must have had two hideouts or else he'd left town. It shows you how wrong you can be.
13: All right, hustler, reach.
10: You walk soft.
13: Practice makes perfect. Turn around slowly. Mm -hmm. How come you're working without a gun? Uh, Who are you? This is my place, so you tell me.
10: My name's Novak. I'm looking for a guy named Brown.
13: Well, you're all right so far. I'm brown. Who tipped you off I'd be here? I don't remember. Oh, you don't remember. So let me guess. It was that punk Venandi. Never heard of him. Never mind the Rube routine. You got a Hustler written all over you. What did Venandi send you here for? Does he think I know too much?
10: If I was sent to rub you, do you think I'd come without a gun? Start using your head.
13: I like the way it's working. Tell me more.
10: I can't tell you anything. You don't fit my blueprints.
13: Don't get smart with me, Hustler. Venandi sent you.
10: Tell me what for. If you're brown, you don't need any new worries. You've got an armful already.
13: I'm feeling no pain.
10: The cops have your car down at the station. What for? They don't like them with dead bodies inside. Steady now. Let's have that again. A dame named Alice Stone was found stuffed in your trunk. You're hotter in four stoves. Laugh yourself out of that.
13: If you know so much, why aren't you yelling copper? Don't worry. They're
10: on their way. I'm trying to get the key to the killing.
13: If this turns out to be a frame...
10: I saw the guy who did it, and I'm the only one who did. That's better than your gun, so treat me nice.
13: If you saw the murder, you can help me out.
10: Sure. What do I get for it, a merit badge?
13: Yeah, Things are coming too fast. I, I got to do some checking.
10: You better spill what you know or else I'm low to forget
13: mine. You got a nice lever there, Hustler, if you can back up your talk, if the dame's dead. Look who's bargaining. Before I tell you anything, I need to check around.
10: Just wait a while. The cops will tell you everything.
13: I like to find out things for myself. You will. I got a good grapevine in a county jail. Now, do it the hard way. You forget I have the lever on you now. Yeah. Remind me to get scared about that. Try some aspirins for that ending.
10: I woke up twice before I decided to make it stay that way. The house was so quiet I could hear someone playing the piano several houses away. It was a nice, clean sound, neat and full of try. No wise guys in it figuring fancy double crosses, no dead bodies, no policemen who argued with their knuckles instead of their heads. Probably some girl who thought a blackjack was a card game. I lay there listening to the music for a while, and I got up and brushed off my clothes. Now, there were three places I could find Brown. He wouldn't dare go to his home. He wouldn't return to the hideout. That left Skip's place. On the way over, I stopped at a drugstore and phoned Jocko to find out if he'd turned up anything. If he left out the hiccups, it went like this.
15: Hello, you reprobate renegade from all that's good and holy. Skip
10: the overture. Did you check on those people I asked you about?
15: Sure, I found out about them. Old Dr. Madigan and his crystal ball. He knows all and he knows all and like that there. Tighten
10: it up and tell me some.
15: That girl, Alice Stone, you remember?
10: Uh, How can I forget?
15: She lived with a dame in the Potrero named Skip Harper. Nice people. The landlord served eviction notices every day except legal holidays.
10: So they liked a good time. Then what?
15: Then she owns a half-interest in a gambling joint around Lake Tahoe. It's not much of a place. They say the roulette wheels have so many magnets hung around them, the nails began to come out of the walls. Her partner runs the joint, and she shills the suckers in from down here. How
10: would you make it? The wheel's crooked.
15: I have my informants. I have a network of good drinking folk who get around and hear things all the time. You'd be surprised how careless a guy can get with talk when he's got his elbow in a barroom ashtray. Now, as I was saying... If the wheels
10: are fixed, how come Brown was able to shake the joint down for 50,000?
15: I don't know how he did it. Maybe he was wired, too. All I know is that they've got better control of the ball than Bob Feller ever had on his best day. It's easy to believe if you know Skip's partner. Yeah, introduce me. Names Vinanti. What's that again? The partner's name's Vinanti. He's wanted in eight states and Cuba.
10: Vinanti, uh, I'll remember the name. What'd you get on Brown?
15: John Brown? Oh, swell guy. Helped free the slaves. A friend of man. A tribute oh, to the nation. I've
10: heard that song. Now let's talk about the local Brown.
15: Uh, small-time hustler. Petty, larceny stuff.
10: He didn't get any tie-ins with the Natty.
15: Oh, yeah. He was up at the gambling joint near Tahoe last night. Cleaned the place out. Fifty thousand dollars. That'd buy a lot of schnapps.
10: Yeah, it's beginning to fit together.
15: No doubt your mighty intellect has found the key.
10: I can count up to ten if I don't wear mittens.
15: Sometimes 13, I'll bet. Well, who did what to whom?
10: Brown's got a partner working for him.
15: You don't say.
10: I'm going over and shake it out of Brown. He must know where the guy's hiding.
15: Well, don't go looking into too many auto trunks. Those things bite. So long, lover.
10: What Jocko told me began to give me some hope. The thing the picture needed was one more man, and a partner for Brown would round it out nicely. Yeah, Brown must have figured someone would try to hijack his role and hired a friend to bring it down to San Francisco. I didn't explain the killing. I didn't explain a lot of things. But it was a lead to the guy who could explain it. I needed Brown. So I gunned the car over the hills towards Skip Harper's place. I began to feel better. I was thinking how Hellman would look when I dumped the killer in his lap. There was a crowd along the street in front of Skip's place. Just as I drew up, Hellman came out on the porch. As I got out of the car, one of the neighbors pointed to me. Novak, huh? They gave me a description, but I didn't think it was you. The guy they described sounded human. Your jokes stink, Hellman. Try imitating birds or juggling. The bird imitations are for you, Novak. You'll be singing to the DA any minute now. Come on in the house. Ah, uh, it's Brown. Where's the dame? What did you do? Kill her, too? Come off it, Hellman. You can't pin this on me. I don't have to. The neighbors did it for me. Why should I kill my alibi? Because he wasn't. What did you do with the dame, Lovek? Why don't you try thinking for a change? I do my poor best. For instance, I think you killed the dame in the car and then tried to saw it off in Brown. Then you caught Brown here this morning and killed him. What for? Or don't you care? For fifty grand, Brown won at the Broken Tea up at Lake Tahoe. The neighbors saw me come here. I must have seen Brown come here, too, after I'd left. Nobody saw Brown come. Why didn't you buy a witness, Novak? You can afford it. Well, the dame's gone? We haven't looked under the rugs. How'd you get the dope on Brown and all that dough? Way Tahoe, bright boy. You've heard about the telephone? Yeah, vaguely. Who'd you talk to? The police. And then a guy named Benanti. He says he remembers you following Brown out. And that the dame was with you too. Yeah, it's a lie. Sure, sure. But the 50,000 bucks is still missing. And Brown wasn't with me. It was a little guy. It's the climate. He grew since you two dropped him here this morning. I need some pictures. Well, you drop Brown. The dame's going to drive you home. You proposition her on the way to help knock off Brown. She turns you down. Not and those a... kind of pictures. Are there any photographs around the house? Yeah, there's some in the bedroom. Why? Come on, let's look. Uh, the way she looks, she'd like cameras. Here's one on the beach. What's she wearing? That's a bathing suit. Uh, Here's the one. Towel. Look at this nightclub gown.
13: How do they hold those
10: things up? Thumbtacks. Hmm. So that's Vanetti. Look at the two of them posing in front of their sucker trap. So what? And he's the guy who did it. Sure, over the phone. Did you phone him or he phone you? He phoned. You want him? What for? I got you. He's here in the city, hiding out at Brown's place at the beach. Here's the address. What kind of a windy is this, Novak? Pick him up, will you? he said he was a Tahoe and he is in the city, it smashes his alibi. All right, but if you're trying any fancy way... Are do... you going after him or do we uh, waltz some more? I ought to hold you. I'll be around, you know that. What are you going to do? I got some cleaning up to do. There was only one place for Venanti to be. I headed the car out Potrero and down Bayshore Highway to the airport... I was betting everything on a hunch. Sometimes that's the way you have to play it. Sometimes hunches pay off. The plane I got was built for hurry. Skip still had her overnight bag in her hand when I walked in on them at the broken tee. But Nanny began to act nervous when he saw me. Yeah, but not Skip. I began to wonder if she'd ever known how it felt to be frightened. You'd never guess it from the way she talked.
12: Hello, Novak. Don't you have a
10: I had a close one just now.
12: Hmm. Doesn't show.
11: You don't know where to look. What do you want, Novak? I got it.
12: Don't be cryptic, baby. It doesn't become you.
11: You don't act nervous. Don't you care about jail? Nobody's going to jail, Novak. Except you, maybe.
10: I'd be nervous if I had explained all those dead bodies back in Frisco.
12: We don't know anything about dead bodies. We've been up here for hours.
10: Yeah?
11: I had a hunch that would be your alibi. That's no alibi, Novak. It's a fact. It right? won't gel, Benatti. You're cooked.
12: Look, Novak. Brown deserved to die. He killed Alice, and Before that, he fixed the wires on the wheel so he could break this place. He robbed us of $50,000. We had a right to get it back.
11: Is that what Venanti told you? That's the way it happened, Novak. There's $10,000 in it for you, if you can remember it that way, too.
12: Ten grand? Easy there, and yeah,
11: That was a little double-talk, baby. He was trying to bribe me to dummy up on you.
12: Dummy up? I know what happened.
10: When you get through dreaming, try this for a bedtime story. Venanti hired Brown to pick up the winnings while he ran the table. Then with Brown dead, Venanti was going to fly back here in his private plane for the same alibi he's using now. Only he'd own the broken teeth.
12: You're lying. Shut up, Vin. Tell me more, Novak.
10: The plan began to sour up when Alice tried to thumb a ride. Alice knew him, so he killed it. He still needed to kill Brown, but he figured then he could hang the double killings on me. That'd make it even better.
11: You're on the needle, Novak. The
10: only trouble was that Brown wasn't home. Vin had to chase him. When he finally found him, Brown was at your place. I don't know what happened there, except that Venati must have killed Brown before he had a chance to talk.
12: How was that? I'd gone to the store. So
10: when you come back, Brown's dead, and Venati tells you he did it to recover the money.
12: Yeah. So you were gonna double-cross me, then. He's
10: lying, I tell you. See if you can prove it to a jury.
12: I should have known.
10: In case you get any fancy ideas about trying to lie out of it, I got a witness to feel the motor your plane. It's still hot.
11: A ten grand offer still stands. Uh-uh. I need you to clear me.
12: Yeah, and I could use the sole ownership of this joint.
11: You wouldn't rat on me.
12: Oh, watch me, baby. I'll let you rot in jail. Novak, I'll make it $25,000 if you help me quiet this dame. You would, Ben? Start out by quieting
8: this...
10: lousy shots. They both lived. That is, Lenandy lived until he got a bad case of asthma in the San Quentin gas chamber. Skip got off with a flock of scars and some good advice from the judge to stay away from questionable characters. But advice is free and Skip was the kind who went after the dough, so, uh, I see her now and then. She's gone honest, I think. Sometimes we toss dice and uh, I've known her to lose. Heard on tonight's program were Ben Morris as Novak, John Galbraith as Inspector Hellman, Jack Lewis as Jocko, and Mary Milford as Skip, with Henry Leff, Jerry Walters, Kurt Martell, and Lucille Bliss. Special music by Otto Clare. Listen next week at this same time when over most of these stations, the American Broadcasting Company presents Pat Novak for Hire.
3: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air. I'm David Reinstrom.
1: I'm David Brunel-Brutman. And I'm Alex Jensen.
3: And we were were still a little bit caught up in Pat Novak at the top of the hour, Uh, but here we are. Here we are again.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Did, wait, did we say what station we're on? I'm like blanking here. K-W-U-R this is KWUR 90.3 <laughs> FM, Clayton. We you can also listen that. online at www.kwur.com. These yes. are
1: true facts. These are pound true facts. them into your brain. But uh, I, I do have a message, um, if you don't mind. <laughs> yes, Please Alex, deliver
3: unto us this message. Please share you. with us.
1: When you stop and think about it, it's pretty easy to be more energy efficient at home. There are a lot of simple things you can do, like installing energy-saving light bulbs, talking to your parents about Energy Star appliances, turning off lights and entertainment devices when not in use, unplugging chargers and using smart power strips, even taking advantage of natural heat and cooling by opening and closing windows and blinds. With a few simple steps, you can join millions of kids who are using their energy wisely. So, what's your excuse? Learn more at loseyourexcuse.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. I can dig
3: it. I, I can dig definitely it. dig it. I
1: dig that.
0: You guys want to take a break? Uh, yeah. Then then do you want to come back and play more it, radio now. theater?
1: Yeah. Pat Novak, he, he wore me out, so I'm, yeah, bow, chicka, I'm ready.
3: I'm beating out of him all the time.
0: Alright, well, we're going to take a break here on K Theater of the Air, and we will be back with more radio theater. Eater,
8: eater.
3: Eater. 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 Don't eat anybody.
8: Oh, back in ceaselessly into the past on, That's what I thought you were
0: going to say. Oh. Uh yes, we are drawn back uh, we are we are born like boats ceaselessly into the past. It's F Scott Fitzgerald, folks. Oh. And this is were Peter <laughs> of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM
1: Clayton. Ow.
0: Clayton.
1: Uh, uh. oh, no, here we go. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, stop. That, that's horrible. That, that is horrible. Don't we have, don't we have a station ID that, that we put together ourselves? No, I
0: think we do. You know what? Well, then. So do I. Why don't
1: we play that? Why don't Um, we play that? While you're getting that ready, I have another message.
0: Okay. Please. Hit us.
1: (laughs) Cargar a su tarjeta más de lo que puede pagar puede traer problemas aún más grandes. No deje que su crédito le ponga en apuros. Visite controlyourcredit.gov. That is all.
5: That is I, a message. I
3: completely forgot you spoke Spanish.
1: Um, I can read Spanish pretty well, <laughs> but um, see, that's my that's knowledge good. of the Spanish language has waned since I haven't taken a, a class, and I don't practice it every day.
3: I have to play the
0: station idea. Okay. I have to play the station idea. Oh, we're ready.
1: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that, drum roll, please.
0: That was a message from...
1: K-W-U-R, Clayton.
0: 90.3 FM.
1: That. Ah. I love that.
0: Every time I hear it, it's I, like.
1: <laughs> it's like new. It is like new every time I hear that. Uh, that is like I wanna gold. I want to play it
0: again. I want to play it again right now. But. Wait a few seconds at least. We're going to restrain ourselves. <laughs>
1: Ten. Nine. Nine. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Oh, I'm cracking. Seven. Seven.
2: Oh, no. Six. Oh, no. Five.
1: Oh, no. I'm going to play Four. it. Four. Three, two, one. KWUR Clayton. Ninety point three FM. <laughs> uh it's no, like, no, no, no. That's great. We made that. Doesn't that sound profesh?
0: It's like sunshine. <laughs> Like <laughs> it's like sunshine in my ears. You know what else is like sunshine in my ears? No, please tell not Original us. radio theater. What? <laughs> Buh. Oh, yeah. Nice. We're, we're, what's our listener challenge for today? Oh, the
1: listener challenge for today is to call in and um, try and give us the best imitation, the best version of that noise that we just made. Let's yes. hear the noise again.
3: Buh? Buh. So call in. The number is 314-935-5987. That's three one four nine three kwur
0: Call in and sound stupid on the radio.
3: Yep. It'll be fun. Uh, that's the way it is. We promise. That is the way it is.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the meantime...
1: <laughs> right. While I, we're waiting for your call. <laughs> I
0: love my life. We're having a, a bit of a nautical theme on today's... News- I- I've almost said Newsworthy Ghost Island Oh wow uh, Hit
1: Hit Blast him. from the past
0: On today's k Theater of the Air Well because uh, this next sketch Is uh, a Newsworthy Ghost production It is true It if, is If I this may say so myself fact. So you know you're not And it is it is somewhat nautically themed But nautical
3: in space Spotical? Yes S- mm, yeah. nasical. Right Not a case
0: all of those sound really dirty. Nausicaa in the Valley. Valley of the Wind. They sound like a perfume. The the basic conceit of this sketch I is, wear Nausicaa is similar I wear to Spotica. <laughs> I feel like we have a lot this of what if sketches. <laughs> okay, I, I'm trying to be serious, and you guys are just Bartica. You guys are just screwing around, so I'm going to play the sketch.
3: Well, why don't you? I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I don't even want to. Uh, but, I don't even so, want to introduce So what it. if? Even? What if they combine Star Trek, Gilligan's Island, and I Love Lucy? Is that what you're going to say?
0: It would be dumb, is what.
3: It would be awesome, is what. Well, mm. let's let the, the listener decide. It,
0: it's uh, the name of the sketch is "I Love
3: Island Trek." I love your island trek.
1: Stop it! Sorry.
3: Just sit right back, and you'll hear
4: a tale—a tale of
3: a fateful trip that started from the planet Earth aboard a new spaceship. The crew set out to boldly go where no one's gone before The date was January of 2264.
5: The doctor's wife said, Honey, can I be in the show?
3: And sabotaged the engines when the doctor told her no The doctor told her no The ship crash lands on the shore of this uncharted desert world With Captain Dirk, the first mate too, Dr. Ramon, and his wife,
0: and some some other people who are killed off very quickly, all here on I Love Island Trek. And now, this week's episode of I Love Island Trek. I Love Island Trek is brought to you by Orbit Snacks. Orbit Snacks. They're so delicious. Delicious is a trademark of the Orbis Max Corporation.
3: Void were prohibited.
2: Offer not available in Alaska. Captain's Log. Stardate, uh,
0: flatly. What day is it? Thursday, sir. Hmm, thank you. Ahem. <clears throat> Stardate March 3rd, 2264. It's been two weeks since the initial grounding since our medic's wacky wife Betty deactivated the engines while we were in low orbit over this strange world. Now we're stranded on a desert island on a desert planet. Fortunately, we're on a rather lush and tropical island. But we can see across the bay to the mainland, which is nothing but desert. The sandworms taunt us, their
2: huge heads rearing back in the harsh blue light of the twin suns.
0: As far as we know, no intelligent life, or at least no life that's friendly to the League of Sentience, exists in enough capacity to get us off this rock. We're always working on fixing the ship, which was damaged in the crash. Soon, I think...
1: Sir, I think that's enough exposition. What? I said, I think that's enough exposition for now.
2: Are you reading my
1: diary? You're writing out loud.
8: (laughs) Oh.
0: Right. First mate Flatley, would you please call Dr. Fernandez up from the sick
1: bay? I'll patch him through on video to you.
2: Where is that doctor? I've been waiting for what feels like a light
3: year. Light years are a measure of distance, not time. Oh, uh, yeah, I knew that. Okay, okay, Charlie, what's the matter? I don't know, Dr.
2: Fernandez. Why don't you tell me? It's my six-month checkup, you see? Ah, so it is.
3: All right, open your mouth for the tongue depressor. Okay. And lift your arms and say Crab Nebula. Ah, oh. Ooh. Oh, Charlie. Hmm? What's the matter? Looks like cancer of the uvula. Ooh, is that bad? Not for long. Hold still. Ow! That hurt very slightly. What'd you do? I cured it. Breathe on this. (sighs) Mmm, your cholesterol pressure is up. Stop eating those Orbit snacks. But they're so tasty. They're terrible for you. Look at the ingredients list on the package. There are three ingredients. Cholesterol, rock salt, and high fructose corn syrup.
2: But their advertising campaign is so delicious.
3: All right, all right. I just don't want to have to put you on the insta-dialysis again. But all
2: you do is wave that little pen thing over my arteries and I'm all better again. Come to think of it, that's what you do for everything and I'm all better again. You don't even know how that works. Well, how does it work?
3: Well... The antimatter particulates in the pen, when the fluxion switch is set to 0.73 millibars, reverses the polarity in the HDL molecules, and essentially facilitates a low-radius cold fusion reaction in your bloodstream, making your arterial walls highly ionized. Uh, Let me explain. Imagine I'm a plumber, and your arteries are pipes for a city. But it's a jungle city, and there's like weird plant growth in the pipes that's blocking the water. I napalm that plant growth, and then coat the sides of the arterial pipe with teflon. That
2: analogy made even less sense than the initial explanation.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the calm. See you in another six months, Charlie. Stay healthy. Will do.
2: Bye, Dr. Fernandez.
3: Hello, Dr. Fernandez here.
1: Captain wants you on the bridge. Be right up. Excellent. Well, I've called him, sir. He'll be up in a few minutes.
0: Excellent. Excellent. If anyone can solve this problem, the doctor can.
1: Well, what is the problem,
0: Captain? Oh, I don't think you could solve it flatly. This is a man's problem. Your teeny tiny woman's brain could not even begin to make a dent in the massive block of granite that I'm using to represent my (laughs) quandary.
1: Are you familiar with the word misogyny, sir?
0: Let's see, misogyny, yes, I believe it's some kind of little cream-filled Italian pastry puff with powdered sugar and pistachio nuts on top.
8: <sighs>
0: <laughs> ah, hello, Dr. Fernandez.
3: Hello, Captain. Hello, Lieutenant.
0: Doctor. I wonder
2: if you can help me out, Doctor.
3: As usual, I will do my best, sir.
2: The ultra-speed
0: drive is unresponsive. Well, we knew that. That's why we can't leave. No, I mean the new one I've commissioned.
1: It's not... working. You wanted it built out of
0: coconuts and bamboo. It's rugged, natural, manly. Like I said, you wouldn't understand, Lieutenant. (laughs) 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 My dartboard has your face on it.
3: So, Doctor, do you think you can take a look at the ultra-speed drive? Damn it, sir. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic.
1: I can help.
3: But I'll do what I can. Why, hello, Betty, my darling.
1: Hello, Ramon, sweetie pants. I heard the sound of an adorable Cuban in distress. So I grabbed the nearest thing that looked like a wrench, and I ran to you, my darling dearest.
3: Betty... Amorstita, don't you remember what happened the last time you tried to help with a wrench?
1: Ramon, where are you going?
3: I am getting out of our separate beds to go help repair the engine, since we are in space. If it breaks, we will crash and die. Oh, let me help! Betty, no! Oops. I hit something with the thingy. That's a wrench! And you just hit the fuel thermal modulator, Betty! We're gonna crash!
1: That was good times, Ramon.
3: No, Betty. No, it wasn't. We crashed on this island, on this planet, directly because of that. All because you, Doctor, let a woman help. (laughs) For centuries, this has been mankind's
0: one fatal flaw. I believe Shakespeare wrote a play about it. A play called Hamlet. It's a play about a man who loved a woman.
3: And that woman's name was fake. Don't think it has to do with her being a woman at all. All due respect, Captain. Right. (laughs) And Hamlet's not about... Oh, never mind.
1: Ramon, please, can I help you make a new ultra-speedy thing, please?
0: (sighs) Okay, Betty. You'll find it on my workbench. Outside. In the wilderness. The manly, manly wilderness.
3: I have nothing more to say to you. Ah, there's the captain's workbench. And there's Ensign Lucas. Hello there, Ensign. Well, hello there, doctor. Hello, Mrs.
2: Fernandez.
1: What are you doing there, Lucas? I'm
2: investigating the fauna. The animals on this island are absolutely fascinating. Look, look, there's a lemur. Come here,
3: little fella. Wait, let me scan it first with my vocoder. Your what? Uh, My bomb pilot. Oh, okay.
2: I'm going to feed it this banana.
3: Wait, my readings indicate that the innards of this lemur-like creature are made of antimatter.
5: What does that mean? (laughs)
3: Lucas, no! Antimatter and bananas are diametric opposites. Oh, God, Lucas. He was my best friend, and he died even though i never seen him before this episode.
1: Episode? Episode of what?
3: This episode of our lives, Amorcita. This episode of our lives.
1: Oh, okay. Let's fix the thingy.
3: Okay. Soon. God, Betty, would you stop throwing those nuts at me?
1: Throwing nuts at you is more fun than fixing the ultra speed drive.
3: That is undeniably true, I'm sure, but would you mind not doing it?
1: Oh, okay, but one more! Ow! It broke open! Oh, it's all gooey. Gooey and blue. And
3: sticky, too.
1: Bluey. Gluey.
3: Ah, it's hardening really fast all over the drive.
1: Yeah, Ramon, and look! It's holding it together better than that painter's tape.
3: You're right, Betty. And look. It conducts electricity. Oh, Betty, you're a genius. This drive may very well work. We may just get off this crazy island.
0: I knew you could do it, Doctor. I knew you could fix the drive and get us off this crazy island.
3: Actually, Captain Dirk, it was my beautiful wife, Betty, who figured it out.
0: Your wife, eh?
3: Right. Well, that's irrelevant,
0: I suppose. How does it...
3: work? Well, see, we cracked open some of these nuts here, and the inside of them turned out to be a powerful... Nuts?! Idea.
2: Great Gallagher,
3: I'm allergic to nuts, you
2: poltroon! That ultra-deadly nut drive must be destroyed! What? Captain, no! <laughs> you...
3: you destroyed it. All our hard
1: work. Also, Ensign Lucas died. <laughs>
2: Ah, such is life on a strange and
0: mysterious planet. I'm sorry I had to destroy your creation, Doctor, but my life is simply too valuable. I could go inside and get your sewing kit.
1: You could use your surgeon skills to put that drive together.
3: I'm not sure that'll work.
1: Well, suit yourself.
8: Bull oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I adore that show. I had forgotten about the smooch noise at the end. Did you hear that? that... The, yeah. The...
1: Isn't that great?
3: Yeah. Ah, oh, I missed that sketch.
0: Memories. I miss vi- video games.
3: I miss my mom.
0: Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Yes, that was I Love Island Trek. And this is, of course, the k Theater of the Air. Mm-hmm. Here on 90.3, 90.3 FM, coming at you out of Clayton,
3: Missouri.
1: Wait, don't we have don't we have a um uh, something that we recorded for, for that? <sighs> yeah, we,
3: uh, I get one likes the think... sound of her own voice a great deal. I think oh, we I do. would talk, David. I, I think don't, we I don't do know what you're talking about. I wouldn't talk
1: if I were you. Um, I'm not talking.
0: Good, let's keep it that way. You were slipping into a, that. That sounded like a, a, an Obama voice a little. Look. Uh, look, I, I, I'm not talking.
3: Uh, I'm like not that. talking. Uh, I, Barack Obama, am talking. David? David, are you talking? It doesn't look like he's talking. David?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, President, the
3: President of
0: the United States. President Obama, I have a message for you. Yeah.
1: K-W-U-R, Dad 90.3 FM.
0: What do you think of that?
3: I dig it. I dig it greatly. Excellent. Uh, Great. Alex, come here. Give me a damn. Nux. Nux. Awesome. A terrorist
0: I... fist jab? For the last
3: time, Bruno Brubman. Look, okay? President it's it. Obama! It's not a terrorist thing. It means dignity and pride. For terrorists? N- uh, who uh you know you know this you gonna answer that question. from the uh from the stimulus package remember
1: and I, mr gave barack you, gave, gave us the extra hour. hour yeah yeah i can take it away that's true okay
3: well uh, okay we, we can
0: disagree about uh, i am a just and loving president we can agree to disagree about <laughs> yes oh great father
3: but trespass may not you shall have no other presidents before me
0: of course uh tell me mr president how did you feel about pat
3: novak
8: uh, who we played I, I, earlier I liked him in the great deal
3: Here, I'm gonna. Uh, Alex, can David talk again?
1: Yeah,
0: David
8: I, I can gotta, talk I gotta
3: again. go do the president thing. Okay. No,
1: that's that's fine. All right.
3: That's... Uh, have
0: fun with that. Bye, kids. See president you later. Obama. Okay, President Obama. Everybody, thanks for the
1: knocks. No worries. All right. Hey, guys. Yeah. That's
0: cool. You know, the president shows up sometimes on our program. Yeah,
1: you're gonna want to look out for that. He's yeah. just
3: this guy, you know.
0: So I I think we had a ringing endorsement from President Obama, uh, a ringing endorsement of Pat Novak. You
3: mean you mean Zayfod Bebo
0: Yes, and I think that means we should probably play some more of that.
3: I am wholeheartedly in favor of this. I think
0: we have another episode of Pat Novak. Yeah, David, why don't you tell us briefly about that?
3: This one? Yeah. This one I think is from 1949, and it is called uh, Ruben Calloway's Pictures. It's a good one. Okay. I liked it.
0: Then, without further ado, we bring you more exciting
3: Pat Novak for Hire. Woohoo.
10: Ladies and gentlemen, the American Broadcasting Company brings to its entire network one of radio's most unusual programs
8: Pat Novak for Hire.
16: Sure. I'm Pat Novak. For hire. Oh. That's what the sign out in front of my office says. Pat Novak. For hire. You don't get in the blue book that way, but you don't embarrass your friends either. Because down on the waterfront in San Francisco, they don't separate the good and the bad. They let them run together. And before long, you got a cast system. You're either alive or dead. If you're on top, you keep fading the crowd and trying for sevens until you lose the dice. It's not the only way to play it, unless you like worms. I rent boats and do anything else that'll put a fast handle on a buck. But it doesn't always work out, because... Down here, all your luck is junior grade, and trouble is Trump's. I found that out Tuesday night. It was the first time I ever saw Reuben Calloway, and the last time, too, if you like to keep a tidy record. It was about 7 o'clock, and I'd just started back across the bay from Sausalito. You could still see Mount Tamalpais squatting on the Marin shore, light brown near the top, but dark and black farther down, like a cupcake that's been in the oven a little too long. A low fog was beginning to squeeze in on the far side, so I kicked in the searchlight, and that's when I picked him up. He was struggling feebly with his face near the water, and he was almost bald, so that when the light hit him, he looked like a cantaloupe that somebody got tired of. I pulled alongside and started to haul him aboard. He brought most of the bay with him.
17: Help me. Please help me. Yeah, well,
16: wait till I get a hold of you, will you? Come on.
17: Uh...
16: There, sit down. No, here, lean against the gunwale. Uh,
17: yeah, yeah, thanks.
16: Is the water red or you've been shot a little?
17: Do you have to know everything?
16: No, it's your load. Carry it, mister. Yeah. Move your feet. i got to get us ashore.
17: If you like it, go ahead. But don't hurry for me.
16: Well, if you feel that way about it, pick another spot to die and Go back in the bay where you'll have company.
17: You've got to help me. I want you to get in touch with a girl named Alma Biggs. Yeah. You'll find it at the Empire Club out on Geary Street. My name's Reuben Calloway. Tell her about me. She'll pay you for it.
16: What'd she do, collect bodies?
17: Just give her this key. It's for a locker down in the bus station.
16: Now, look, Pop, you don't know me. Suppose I use the key.
17: You can't spend it. You better take the money. All right. Just see Alma and tell her it didn't work out. It didn't work out for me at all. I guess that's right.
16: On the big things, you're 100%. I don't need a check. Here, set up. I told you I don't want you dying in here. Stop
17: beefing, fella. You don't have all the bad luck. (laughs)
16: They must have sent a fast chariot because when I leaned over, the guy was dead. And he was working hard at it, too. He was a skinny little guy all bent up and twisted in the bottom of the boat like an old paper clip. It wouldn't do any good to straighten him out because he wasn't going to sleep easy. His eyes were open and rolling around at the sky as if he was on the make for a star. And the skin hung loose around his face so that when you touched it, it felt like an empty baked potato. I pushed him into a corner and... Started for Pier 19. When I got there, I hauled him on the dock and went down to call Homicide. Must have been about 8.30 when I took a cab out to the Empire Club. It was a gambling joint out on Geary Street where they cut their whiskey and cards in different rooms. I asked the guy at the window if he knew Alma Biggs, and he pointed her out by the roulette table. She was wearing a white satin evening gown. and As I walked up behind her... I noticed she moved in rhythm with a roulette wheel. It was interesting. If it had been a merry-go-round, it'd have pinched her. I squeezed in next to her at the table, and I was thinking of trying it again when she started to talk.
14: It's a tight fit. Are you sure you like it?
16: I'm not going to stay long.
14: That's what Rudolph Hess said.
16: Make your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Gamblers, make your bets. Stake me, Alma.
14: I can't afford you, darling.
16: Well, go broke for Reuben Calloway then. Four on the red.
14: I ought to keep you for luck, darling. Will you comb your hair?
16: I'll take the chips. They'd look bad on Calloway.
14: Oh? It's too crowded here. Let's find a cause. All right. Did he look pretty?
16: For a fish, he was all right. Who are you? Pat Novak. I picked him up in the bay. He said to look you up and tell you it didn't work out.
14: Hmm. That would please Turk.
16: Yeah? Who's Turk?
14: The reason it didn't work out. Is that all, Mr. Novak?
16: Except for a key that fits a bus station locker here.
14: You keep it, Mr. Novak.
16: It won't buy anything. Now, look, sweetheart, I picked up your boy and dried him out, but that's all. We were small friends at best, so the services stopped. You
14: can come to a slow stop for $200. Just take the key and pick up what's in that locker. I'll get it from you later. Yeah. I'll meet you in an hour. Where's a good place, your apartment?
16: Well, it's a place. I'll
14: find it in a book. I hope you don't mind.
16: No, the thin walls will save me. What's in the locker?
14: What would it prove?
16: Proves you got a small mouth, Angel.
14: Unless you're going to kiss it, don't worry. 9.30 then? All right. I'll bring the 200 with me.
16: Don't worry about the dough. Oh? Because I scooped your chips off the table. See you later. She stood there watching me as I walked over to the cashier's window. Oh, she gave you a nice warm feeling like a Bunsen burner in the middle of your back. And as she stood there in the center of the floor smiling, you knew she could turn a glacier into a steam bath at 400 yards. A nice little mouse that made you want to go home and test all the old traps. Well, I cashed in her chips, and the boy at the window shoved out 200 rocks in a pained look, as if he'd just handed over his right lung. I got a cab and rode down to the bus station at 7th and Market. There were a few people sitting at the counter and a couple of old men on the benches waiting for somebody to get up and leave the funny papers. I went over near the wall and opened up the locker. It was a long trip for a small package. It was a square manila envelope and it was an address up in the corner. Reuben Calloway, photographer. I squeezed the envelope and it felt like photographs, but I wasn't sure. I started to close the locker when I turned and, and then I tumbled for the first time. It's like getting a drop of rain on your hand before you ever look up at the sky. The two of them were standing over by the cigar counter watching me. A guy with a heavy overcoat and a little small guy about the size of a hangnail. It wouldn't do any good to sit down because I knew they'd stay until somebody condemned the building, so I walked past them out onto the street. There was a cab standing right in front.
11: Cab, mister?
16: Yeah. Swing up toward the St. Francis, will you? Yeah. Now, look, you're going to be tailed, so brush up on your alleys.
18: If you like it that way.
16: Hey, you were supposed to take a left there on mission.
18: I got a license. Where's yours? I
16: told you to double back over market.
18: Look, get out and walk if you don't like it. I've been bought, mister.
16: Oh, my two friends.
18: That's right. You should have come first.
16: I ought to part your hair.
18: You got more chance with them. Here we are. Where are you going? If you like alleys. That's what you're going to get. Yeah. Take it easy, fella. You're not going anywhere.
16: You were nice while you lasted. Take
18: it easy. You better walk up a wall. They'll block the alley. See?
7: at alley, huh? Yeah. Give me the envelope so we can all get out.
16: Can Junior help you?
7: Give me the envelope. <laughs> there. Now let's see it. Yeah, it's still sealed. You all through? I don't know. I'll see. You like him, Joe? No. That's the way it is, Mister. He don't like you. <laughs>
16: slid down like an old sock on a bony leg. I rolled over a couple of times and tried to stand up, but it wasn't easy. You might as well try to find a hair in a bowl of chop suey. Well, it began to rain and I figured it'd be easier to float out to the street, so I went to sleep. When I woke up, the rain hadn't helped the alley much. It's like washing your kid's face and finding out he was ugly to start with. The mud had washed up against the walls and there was a thick, sour smell, and down the alley across the street, there was a Part of a sign sticking out that said, Eats. That isn't what you felt like at all. I started groping around to get up, and my hand hit the pictures. They were scattered all over like clothes in a boarding school. I picked them up and started for the street. On the way up in the cab, I got a chance to look at them, and they didn't make sense. There were six of them, and they were all just about the same. A bunch of mob scenes of that fire over in Oakland. Oakland. I didn't have time to figure it out because the cab pulled up in front of the St. Francis and I went in to call Alma Biggs and tell her the party was off. Part of that alley must have come with me because when I walked into the lobby, the doorman looked at me as if I'd just blown up a nunnery. I tried the number once, but nobody answered. I decided to wait 20 minutes and call again. That was a mistake because I just got in the booth and started to dial and somebody started rapping on the door with a nickel. It was Hellman from Homicide.
18: Hello, Novak. Come on out. You can't get a date in that suit.
16: What do you want, Hellman?
18: Come on out! Oh, you're a hard man to find.
16: Well, you don't look in the right places.
18: I'm a family man. Tell me about the dead guy. I don't know,
16: Hellman. He died in my boat. That's all I know.
18: He didn't say anything? It's
16: just sentimental stuff. His name's Reuben Calloway. Somebody threw him in the bay without instructions. I don't know a thing about him except he takes pictures. Yeah? I'll wipe off the drool. They're not your kind. Who are his friends? He's got new ones by now. I don't know, Hellman.
18: How about that guy up in your couch? Huh? I just left your place. How about that guy on the couch? There's a gal up there, but that's all. Does she wear suspenders? Huh? Then take my word,
16: it's a man. And you're going to tell me he's dead, Hellman?
18: No, I'm not going to tell you he's dead, Novak. He may be a soft breather.
16: (laughs) When Hellman mentioned the stiff up at my place, I knew we were going to be in low gear the rest of the night because Hellman isn't an easy guy. He wouldn't give his wife an aspirin if she had concussion of the brain. He took me out the side door and we rode up to my apartment. The dead guy was lying on the couch with his arms across his chest as if he wanted somebody to give him a lily or a way out of this. The lamp was shining down on his face and the light was distorted, but when you stood over him, you could see his face with the color of pressed seaweed. If he had anything to be happy about, you couldn't tell because his mouth was open and hung over to one side like a loose change purse filled with old teeth. His clothes were rumpled and his shirt was open at his neck. You could see a chain around his neck and a silver medal in the dull light against his chest. It looked out of place and made you feel funny like seeing a picture of a Madonna in a bowling alley. I watched him while Hellman made noise.
18: He still looks like a man. Yeah? Who is he? George Leggett. What does that prove? Who his mother was. We're checking for a record. The gun, too. What gun? One was lying here on the floor. I want to know if it's the same gun that killed Reuben Calloway.
16: Well, you'll need some prints.
18: Anybody can buy a handkerchief. Where were you tonight?
16: In an alley down near Mission Street. You like it down there? It's all right. You'd like it. I got shoved in and pushed around for these pictures.
18: They don't look like the right kind of pictures. Well,
16: I can't explain that, Hellman. Maybe they took the good ones.
18: How do you fit in?
16: Calloway gave me a key to a locker down in the bus station. It was for a girl named Alma Biggs.
18: And the girl sent you down?
16: That's right, with 200 bucks running money. If you want to know about Calloway, look up a guy named Turk.
18: Turk what? I don't know.
16: Hellman, maybe he's only got one name. Maybe the other was Stinker. You got a police file. Look him up. The girl mentioned him. That's all I know.
18: We'll look him up. But I'm not going to forget you. One guy's dead on Pier 19. Another up here in your apartment. You mixed up, Novak. There's a connection. I'll shop around till I
16: strike it. You couldn't strike oil on a filling station. You got a double murder. Shop for a pair of people. I'll shop far enough to get you, big shot. Far enough to see you fry. Well, you got the lard for it, Hellman.
18: If you keep your mouth shut, now you can hold in the blood. Oh, uh, Hellman talking. Yeah? Where'd you find out? Yeah. That'd make it easier. You sure the same gun killed them both? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be in.
7: Well? Huh?
18: Oh.
15: Wrong number, Novak.
16: They didn't give Hellman a sense of humor. They gave him a loud laugh instead. When he walked out of my place, he was smiling like a funny man who's just exposed Santa Claus. I didn't feel very funny myself. I took another look at those pictures, and I was as mixed up as a guy with a Mexican divorce. They were just ordinary pictures of a fire in Oakland. What made them so important? I was sure that Gunsel had taken some pictures, but, well, were they any different than those? And why was Alma Biggs afraid to pick them up? And who was a guy named Turk? It was full of questions, but no answers, like some guy at a peace conference. If I went over it any more, I'd be counting my toes. So I got out of there and looked up Jocko Madigan. Oh, he's a good guy, and he was a smart one, too, until he decided the only way you can get a good trade-in on hard luck is with a bottle of whiskey. I found him at Emilio's bar, patting Bill, the bartender, on the back with one hand and pouring jiggers of gin with the other.
15: At the chambers down at Murray's, in the place where Louis dwells... Jocko! Bah, bah, bah. Gentlemen, of fun spree, doom from here to eternity. Jocko, I want to talk to you. Patsy, I'm driving a Harvard man crazy. He's at the end of the bar.
16: Stop drinking and listen to me.
15: I've got to keep on drinking, Patsy, if I want to preserve any continuity in my life. Because I don't drink to forget, but rather to remember. To remember all the pleasant events of my life. Uh, There were two of them, I think. All right, Jocko. The first was a girl I met many twilights ago. And the second... It was a summer night in St. Louis when a bartender felt crazed with the heat and set him up on the house. Will you stop it? I'm in trouble. Memory is a blessed toy, Patsy. But you have to be careful because it can be dangerous, like uh, giving a rifle to a small child for Christmas. It's true he can get some temporary pleasure out of it by shooting various neighbors, but sooner or later he's going to kill the only rich relative in the family. Jocko, I'm tired. And memory is the same way. So you're entitled to collect the few good ones you have. You're allowed to straighten them out and put them in order. After all, an old pool ball gets racked now and then. You all through? Yes. I've run out of memories.
16: Hellman thinks I killed two guys ten miles apart.
15: Wasn't it difficult?
16: The same murder gun. The whole thing is tied up with some pictures. In color? A guy by the name of Reuben Calloway died in my boat. He gave me a key to a locker downtown. The pictures were there. Is that one of them? Yeah, take a look.
15: Oh, uh, if it's a group
16: picture, they were a very unruly family. It's the Oakland Fire. Two Gunsels followed me and took some of the pictures. In the meantime, some guy got shot in my place. Everybody's after the pictures. Why?
15: Have you seen
16: the other pictures? No, I took an intermission. That's why you got to help. You'll find Reuben Calloway's address in the phone booth. Get up there and go through his stuff, will you?
15: It doesn't sound legal.
16: Neither's a bum murder rap. Get up there and go through his pictures. Try to find anything that'll fit in with his set.
15: Where are you going besides jail?
16: I got to find a gal named Alma Biggs.
15: Oh, you'll have trouble with a name like that. She's probably changed
16: it. The locker key was tabbed for her, but she hired me to run her errands. Is she pretty? Yes, if you like a fast track. Now, get up there, Jocko. Why can't I see her? Will you stop it, Jocko? Just get up there. Forget about her. She'd scare you to death.
15: Yes. Well, at least I'd die hopeful. Good night, lover.
16: Finding Alma Biggs was quite a job. I knew she was around, but I couldn't get to her. It was like trying to get a peanut shell out of a back tooth. I called the Empire Club, but they didn't know anything about her. I went through all the phone books and the city directories, and I didn't get anything but a sore thumb. And I didn't do any better with the hotels. I sat in Lupo's and called them all one by one, and by one o'clock I knew more desk clerks than a vice squad cop, but no Alma Biggs. Finally, I went out to the Empire Club and started talking to the cabbies. About 15 minutes later, one pulled up and remembered taking a girl in a satin evening gown up to an apartment on the hill. I called Hellman and rode up there to check the names. Alma Biggs had an apartment on the second floor. I knocked on the door and she didn't answer, so I tried. The lights were out, so I closed the door and groped over to the desk. I should have noticed the draperies as I passed because they were full of people.
14: Wait a minute. All right, now. Wait a minute, Mr. Nilfax. Stop breaking things. Someday you may want to mend me.
16: Uh, do you always sleep in the curtains?
14: Do you always talk this long in the dark? Turn on the light.
16: Yeah. I wanted to see who you were. George Leggett, maybe. Oh? Do you know him? We're roommates. He died on my couch tonight.
14: Anything serious or just humdrum death?
16: He's satisfied. What do you know about him?
14: Well, I never heard anybody say a bad thing about him course i never heard anybody mentioning
16: now looking until it's late who's george Leggett?
14: why do you care because
16: homicide cares they got calloway and Leggett back to back and they want my skin
14: mm, it's a nice skin darling
16: where are the pictures unless you're a social worker you're not gonna like them here let
14: me see they're not all here
16: yeah i figured that
14: where are the other pictures patsy
16: In some goner's album two of them jumped me down near mission street who are they We never got that friendly.
14: Well, there couldn't have been two of them.
16: Well, maybe the little guy was just window dressing, but he gave the right answers.
14: Patsy, I think you're a liar.
16: You're nicer than homicide. I want those pictures. You do.
14: I'm going to take them away from you.
16: Well, if I had them, that's a big enough gun to do it.
14: Get the pictures, Patsy.
16: It's a bad time for murder, Angel. Homicide's working this week.
14: I haven't time, Patsy. I'll push you down like a blade of grass. Get the pictures. Now
16: look, sweetheart. I took a job for 200 bucks. It covers a tandem murder rap and a sapping down on Mission Street, but it won't cover big talk from you. Now put the gun away or I'll bend you hard.
14: Don't move up when you talk.
16: You're around behind. Come on, give it to me.
14: Stop it, Patsy.
16: Feels good. Let it go or take the pain. Drop it. You
14: don't have to hang on. I'm not a barbell. Now
16: you're handy now. Who's Turk?
14: Stop it. You're hurting my arm.
16: There's a guy named Turk. I want to know who he is late for that. Who is he?
14: Go ahead, tear it off, and you'll die ignorant.
16: Yeah.
18: You sound blue, Novak. Oh,
16: what do you want, Hellman?
18: I want to give you a reason. We got the coroner's report on George Leggett. Yeah. He died in your apartment. The blood off your carpet looks good on these slides.
16: All right, so the murderer sold me the rug. So what, Hellman?
18: So we ran down George Leggett's record. A Detroit gunman who got out here six weeks ago. Yeah traveled for years with a guy named Turk Spaniel. Now
16: that's your boy. You better find him. We already have. Don't tell me he's up on the couch.
18: He was born too soon for you. We checked with the Detroit police. What'd they say? They know all about Turk Spaniel. He was killed nine years ago in West Detroit. But they found the guy that did it and sent him up to Lansing for life. Yeah? Yeah. He was a guy named Joe Biggs. Say hello to your girlfriend. <laughs>
16: Well, I didn't talk to the girl because I knew she'd close up faster than a Dublin meat market on Friday. I left her and went down to the Chronicle Morgue to find out what I could about Turk Spaniel. Hellman had covered it. Spaniel talked too much and Joe Biggs killed him and left him growing out of a ditch like an old weed. I didn't know where to turn now. With Turk gone, who was after those pictures besides Alma Biggs and what did they prove? I knew the answer was there. Probably in plain sight, like a blimp on a football field, but I couldn't get near it. it. was past two when I got back to my apartment and the phone was screaming for help. Yeah?
15: Hello, Patsy, this is Jocko. What'd you find out? That Calloway was quite a photographer. Yeah? You should see some of the pictures. Ooh, I'm in love
16: with him. All right, Jocko, did you find anything?
15: There's a check for a thousand dollars
16: from Alma Bates. Yeah, what else? Oh,
15: some more pictures of the Oakland fire. One of them looks good. Yeah. It's just like the rest,
8: except in the background, something is circled with a red pencil. That'll do it, Jocko. And there's a clipping here
15: with another picture. I can't tell, but I think they match. What's it say? Well, it's
16: all about... Jocko, what's the matter? Are you all right, Jocko? Jocko, you all right?
7: He says to tell you no. (laughs) No.
16: After Jocko's call, I grabbed a cab and rode up to Calloway's apartment. When I got there, Jocko was sitting in the middle of the floor as sad as a steer on a sheep ranch. He hadn't seen who hit him, and the picture was gone, and so was the clipping. I asked him if there were any negatives around. He said no. That meant that somebody was still on the prowl for those negatives. So I called Hellman and briefed him. He said he'd meet us at Reuben Calloway's studio in ten minutes. When we got there, it was dark, but I sensed Hellman in the back room... Turned out to be a couple of pans of acid, but Hellman was there going over the negatives.
18: All this guy did
16: was take pictures. Let me take a look, will you, Hellman? Can you spot the right one here, Jocko?
15: Hold him up to the light.
16: All right. Here are the fire pictures. Uh, how about this one? No, no, I had that one.
15: Yeah, that's it. And, and this fellow back here is the one that was circled. Hold it up so I can see.
16: Hello, Turk. You waited too long. Give me the picture, mister. All that gun will do is make noise, Spaniel, and it won't make enough to keep a secret. Just hand me the picture. Somebody knows you're alive now. The picture's for laughs. It's your word against mine,
7: and I'll be so far away I can't hear the argument. Let's have it.
16: Don't give it to him, Novak. Yeah, I'll give it to him. You take it away, Hellman.
7: Thanks, Novak. That alley taught you manners. Just stand over there. I want to remember the way you
16: looked.
14: Don't worry. I'll tell you about them, Turk. Uh, If you keep backing into this gun, it's going to show around your breastbone.
16: guns are getting cheap. You better drop yours, Spaniel.
14: Over there. Hmm. You look the same, Turk. Or are almost the same.
7: You got this all wrong, Alma.
14: Joe doesn't look the same. Nine years in the cooler and you lose your personality.
7: Please, Alma, don't do anything crazy. After
14: nine years, you lose almost everything. Joe's lost everything but me. Down on the floor, Spaniel. I want you on your knees.
7: Please. Alma, you got it wrong. I got
14: it all right, Turk, because Joe wouldn't lie to me. When he said he didn't kill you, I knew you were alive.
16: Please, Alma. Down
14: on the floor beside the table.
16: Go easy, baby. You got a copper here.
14: I can't hurt him, Novak. Turk Spaniel's legally dead. All you can do to a dead man is kick up the dust. Please,
7: Alma. You're not seeing this right.
14: I'm going to have a better chance than you. You couldn't see, Spaniel. You couldn't see your way back to help Joe out. You look good on your knees. Over by the table.
16: Leave that asset alone, sweetheart.
14: I'm going to help him see. With a whole panful of it. I'm going to help you see, Spaniel.
7: Please, Please, Alvin, you wouldn't do that. You
14: got the short end of the bed.
16: You better look at him, Jocko.
14: Don't bother, unless you're a baby doctor.
18: We may need you, lady.
14: Not for this copper. Remember, Turk Spaniel's dead. Detroit says so.
18: He looks alive now.
14: He can't be dead there and live here. I like your climate, but it's not that good. You can't see me, Turk. I'll bet you can hear me walk out of here. Goodbye, Turk. I'll send you a cane.
16: managed to get most of the story out of Turk Spaniel. Reuben Calloway stumbled into the whole thing and he didn't know what hit him. He went over to Oakland to take some pictures of the fire and he got a picture of Spaniel in the crowd. Spaniel saw him and trailed him over to this side. He had to get the pictures because back in Detroit he'd framed Joe Biggs with a riddled up body and skipped out of the country. He'd been away until a few weeks ago and... Now he was waiting for a boat out of San Francisco, so he had to stay dead. He sent George Leggett after the pictures, but Leggett figured it was a good way to double-cross him and stay in the clear, so he tipped off Alma Beggs, who'd come out here on a lead a few weeks before. Turk finally tumbled. With a local gunstall, he killed Calloway and left Leggett in my apartment where he trailed him. It almost worked out, but he didn't get to that shop in time. Well, Hellman asked only one question. When I first met her, did I know that Alma Biggs was that hard? No. In that satin evening gown, I didn't think so.
8: This has been Pat Novak for Hire. Pat Novak for Hire is a production
3: of ABC Network.
0: And this has been... Oh, <laughs> there you go. I, I was I was doing a big pause so that we could have our
3: our credit music, our
0: end credit music come in, and fail. I fail. You fail. This failed. has been <laughs> the KWUR <laughs> Theater of the Air. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you indeed.
3: I'm David Reinstrom.
0: I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm Alex Jensen. And
3: these are some credits. The KWUR Theater of the Air was produced by me, David Reinstrom, him, David Brunel Brutman, and her and she. That's
1: Alex okay. Jensen. Just keep going. Alex keep going.
3: Jensen. Okay. Uh, our closing <laughs> music is Pickles on the Elbow. By Mark O'Connor. And our opening music is Casino Calavera, uh, written and recorded by Peter McConnell. And, uh, yes, other announcements. We say goodbye this week to our beloved intern, Rod Blagojevich. He was our best friend. And he died. <laughs> Thanks for sandwich fetcher, Rod Blagojevich's hair.
0: Our musical director this week was a stapler. Our script runner was a blue parka. That's a blue parka. Blue And our proofreader this week was Justice John G. Roberts.
1: And the special effects for this week were by George Lucas, makeup by Jackson Pollock, lighting by the sun, light bulbs, and sometimes the moon. Thanks.
3: Yeah, thank you very much, you guys.
5: Have a great week, folks.
1: See you next time.
3: Stay tuned for rude Italian hand gestures.